Hello everyone and welcome once again to the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you are a first time uh, listener, thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate it. If you are coming back after listening to the podcasts again, uh, thanks for tuning in again. I appreciate that. I am referee Mark Fralick and you are listening to episode number 48 and uh, we're real excited today. Uh, I've got a, a gentleman by the name of Don Kemper on the show. And Don uh, is not just a quality person. And when I say quality, I mean utmost respect for this guy. Don Kemper. He is the commissioner of the Midwest Athletic Conference. Uh, not going to get a nicer guy uh, than Don Kemper. He is, let me give you a little bit bio on Don Kemper here. He's a graduate of Fort Recovery High School a graduate of Wright State University, go Raiders. He is the vice president of operations at TECO Manufacturing in Inglewood, Ohio. And Don is also the owner of Renko Trophy and Sportswear in Chickasaw, Ohio. He has been the Midwest Athletic Conference commissioner since 2013. And he is also a permitted official, in other words, he has his license in uh, baseball, basketball, football and volleyball for 28 years with the Ohio High School Athletic Association. Uh, Don also is a basketball officiating instructor from 2002 uh, until currently, so the last 20 years he's been doing that. Uh, Don was also an NCAA basketball official from 1998 to 2008, and during this episode, he talks about uh, why he got out of college basketball officiating and let me tell you it's a great story uh tells a lot about don's character uh which is fantastic and so um uh, i can't wait for you to listen to that that's really good and also what speaks of his character is don is a member of the knights of columbus where he is a fourth degree knight so uh, i hope you enjoy the show with him uh just so you know the high school basketball referee podcast has a new email it is HS Basketball Referee Podcast at gmail.com. And feel free to email me questions, comments, suggestions for future guests, uh, whatever it might be. And you can find this email again uh, on the show notes and also at anchor.fm backslash mark fralick. Also, if you would like to support the podcast as an official podcast supporter, it would be appreciated. And that information is also in the show notes. Uh, there's an opportunity for you as well or your business to sponsor one or more of the seven segments on each episode. You may hear uh, more sponsors that I have lined up in future shows, so we're looking forward to that. And if you want to have the opportunity to do so, to utilize the 30 seconds uh, and either have me or yourself on the audio to promote your business, we can certainly do that. So go ahead and email me and uh, we can work something out with that, okay? Uh, our major sponsor, of course, continues to be uh, the wonderful PQ2 LLC and its owner, Matt Kearns. Uh, thank him very much for his continued support of the High School Basketball Referee uh, podcast. If you see Matt, please thank him for what he does. Um, really, it, it really helps out the podcast. Um, and uh, Matt's just a, a quality guy. He's been a, a Ohio High School basketball official for 36 years. Uh, he's a member of Portage County, Trumbull County, and Lake Erie Basketball Officiating Associations 
in Northeast Ohio. The website you want to go to to learn more about his company is pq-2.com. And that is about it. So I hope you enjoy the episode uh, with Don Kemper. And that is coming up here in just a little bit. Well, we're real excited today to have Don Kemper on the show. And and as you heard in um, in the introduction, Don is uh, is an assigner and a longtime official as well. Um, Don, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, Mark, it's always great to talk to you, and uh, great to be on your podcast. And with that, we uh, before we get to the nuts and bolts of the conversation, because we really want to focus this show on not only the officials point of view from somebody with an officials point of view but um, to help out other officials who um, might be uh, dealing with an assigner or have to deal with an assigner and some of the things that um, that assigners uh, look for um, and and uh, some of the things that they do as well and, and I think Don's going to give a real good perspective on that but before we get to the pregame we want to hear from Matt Kearns at PQ2 LLC. If your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid, and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding, extrusion, or blow molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. Remember, you can follow or like the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast on both Facebook and Twitter. You'll find all of the episodes, and eventually we're hoping to add some additional content. In the meantime, find the links on the show notes, or you can go ahead and search for the podcast on those social media outlets. So we are in the pregame, and uh, we still have some time before the season begins, the official high school basketball season begins, you are in football country right now, Don, and, and as an assigner, that's keeping you real real busy. And for those of you who are listening, in Ohio, um, the MAC conference in high school where Don assigns is a powerhouse year in and year out in high school, foot, in high school football. And uh, it's just a great league, isn't it, Don? And, you know, we're competitive. That's the, uh, <laughs> that's the key. It's, um, you know, the, the kids around here love to compete. There's some good coaches, you know, it's the same kind of stuff that you uh, see in basketball. It's just, uh, it's just in football for whatever reason. Um, we've had just, uh, we've been blessed with a lot of success and, and, uh, we have a big game coming this Friday night, actually, uh, Mary local at Coldwater. Um, uh, Coldwater's number one in Division Five, and Marion Local's number one in Division Six. Uh, so, pretty big game coming up. Yeah, and, and you know, down there, the fifty-fifty drawings go berserk. At what what are you anticipating the fifty-fifty draw to be? I mean, the winner's share will likely at that Coldwater Marion Local game will likely be over ten, and it's it's oh, approached twenty. Wow! Um, in the past, so wow. And folks listening, that's not ten bucks and twelve bucks. That's ten thousand and twenty thousand for a fifty-fifty drawing. It's incredible, incredible. 
and uh, the bars are busy afterwards. So, uh, yeah. But um, talk a little bit, uh, if you would, uh, Don, about a season review, about last season. Um, as an assigner, what kind of things have you seen um, that have been a positive thing? And maybe touch on some things that need some work. Yeah. Um, so, you know, last season, um, COVID was a, was a, believe it or not, a big issue yet. Um, it was still around and caused problems with, you know, we had officials test positive for COVID. We had players test positive for COVID and, and, uh, led to some, you know, last minute changes, um, and schedule changes and that kind of stuff. So, you know, hopefully this coming season, we can put that behind us. Uh, although, um, you know, I, I, I know there's uh, a little bit of resurgence in COVID mm-hmm. right now, but, uh, you know, hopefully we can get that behind us. But, uh, you know, as far as the positives, um, as an assigner, you know, what I like to see is a, a crew get together and, um, you know, if they have a tough call or a call that maybe somebody's unsure of is to get together and get the call correct. Um, it's, I think it's, it's something that we see a lot more of. And, um, yeah, I don't think we can see too much of, um, I, I will say that there's, although I said we can't see too much of it, you know, we really can't discuss every call, mm-hmm. but you know, there are times where the, the officials, all three of them, or at least two of them need to get together and discuss what happened and what we're going to do at that point. And, uh, you know, I, I see more and more officials, um, taking that opportunity to talk to their partner and get the call right. And I think that's, that's a good thing. It's positive. Um, you know, the general rules knowledge of officials is really good. Um, I don't know that, uh, there's been a time in officiating where rules knowledge has been as consistent and the knowledge of the, of the, the general rules that somebody has to deal with seems to be, you know, pretty good across the board. So, you know, I think those are good things. A lot of communications between officials, um, officials, uh, talking to coaches again, I think that's something that, you know, you, you deal with coaches as well in your conference in the Putnam County league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coaches want to, want to, they want to ask questions. And if they're asking the right manner, they want the question answered. And, um, I see a lot more of that. And I think that's a good, you know, a good start. Um, so, you know, you can't out, you can't overdo communication. Um, with the caveat of, I said earlier, you can't do, you can't do this all the time. You can't talk about everything all the time. Right. So, you know, it's kind of a fine line, but, uh, um, I think officials calling the obvious fouls and obvious violations, those are all positives. And I think, I think, uh, we've done a pretty good job of, of getting to the point where, where that's just an expectation of the things I just talked about. Um, so where I think there's, there's some work to be done is, uh, the physicality of play, obviously. Um, and I think that's something that'll, you know, I'll be saying until I quit assigning, um, 
there's a fine line between clean physical play and illegal physical play. And um, it's, it's difficult. You know, when I, when I watch a game and, and I see an official call a hand check 25 feet from the basket, and then that same official allows two players to just physically push each other around in the post, I, I have kind of a concern of, like, what's going on in your mind when you see those two players after you just called a hand check on the perimeter, mm-hmm. you see this battle in the post and somehow you make a decision not to call that. Hmm. Um, so I think that's something that needs a little work. I think physicality of play, especially in the post, is something that, that I would like to see clean up a little bit. You know, part of that is the, the officials have to get in the best possible position on each play to make sure you know what happens and you're not guessing what happens. And, you know, the the key to it is I say this a bunch throughout the year. I have a bunch of excuses for why you didn't make a call on something that happened. You know, when, when somebody calls something that didn't happen, um, you know, because they guessed that's hard to explain to a coach. Right. Right. I mean, if you didn't call something and I can say, well, maybe got blocked out, maybe for just that second, a player walked in front of him or or his attention was directed somewhere else. You know, there's there's a lot of things, but, but when you make a call that definitely didn't happen, I have zero excuses for that. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. When a coach asks, <laughs> how do they call that? And I go, yeah, I really don't have anything. Um <laughs> So, you know, that, that's kind of, I guess, in a nutshell, that's kind of where I think things are. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and and uh, we'll we'll see how things, you know, shake out this year. I know that's a point of emphasis, and uh, you know, it is every year. In officiating, you have to have, a, I always say, you have to have a backbone. Um, just because coaches or fans or players are complaining that you're calling something. Um, shouldn't change whether you call it or not. Mm-hmm. And um, and I I don't know if that's what happens, but it's to me it seems like you know a guy starts out the year and he's gung ho and he goes I'm going to clean this up, and then by the tenth game he's he's been beat up by every coach he's coached for, <laughs> and uh, he says you know what I get less crap when I don't call this stuff, <laughs> and you know what I mean? Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I kind of feel like that's that's what happens. Yeah. It kind of gives us a little bit of um, perspective, I think as assigners um, in the fact that we did a fit, you know, you, you are uh, an official as well. And, and you were really active um, several years ago. Um, how did you get your start in officiating? Oh, um, so, you know, like uh, I always tell people this story. I was watching a high school basketball game with my wife. And complaining about the officiating, you know, like all good fans do. <laughs> and uh, I thought, you know, I, I think I could do a better job, you know. And uh, one of the things I learned is some of the rules I was complaining about, I really didn't know. <laughs> so um, once I, I realized what the rules were, it's kind of eye-opening. You know, I, I took a class through uh, Phil Schumann a few weeks after that. And... Um, or talked to Phil a few weeks after that, and he said he'd have a class in the fall. 
So I took that uh, Phil Schumann's class in the fall, and uh, that was, um, I don't know, 26 years ago, something like that, and uh, been officiating ever since then. So you took the class and um, kind of fell in love with it then, right? Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know what the reason was, but, you know, I learned the rules and, in the class, and, you know, I've taught that class, that same class, for about 20 years now. Mm. And um, you have people that, that learn the rules and they, they apply them, they apply the rules, but they they don't understand the intent or the um, like some of the gray areas. Mm-hmm. And so for whatever reason, I, I started officiating and, and I kind of caught on to it pretty, pretty quickly. And I had a lot of success. I mean, I had, you know, I'd do a JV game and the, the coaches would say, Hey, great, great job, you know, whatever. And, and I'd go, wow. You know, I, <laughs> And this, 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 and that, but you know, these coaches are saying I did a pretty good job, and you know, so it it kind of fed on itself, and you know, more positive reinforcement you get, the the more you want to get into it and 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 uh, dedicate a little bit more time to it. So um, that's that's kind of what happened, and I ended up, you know, I don't know, being kind of a a little bit of a natural um, yeah. from that standpoint, but. Then I got around some some just tremendous mentors um, that obviously helped me tremendously, um, and and those guys are you know Tom Reepenoff and Todd Vinsauson and Steve Trout and uh, you know some of these guys that are you know back in that day Ed Overlander um, you know just just some really Tim Busher some really solid officials that just went out of their way to help me out. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where things got, where I got better quicker. Yeah. Those are some legendary names as well. And guys who really, it seems like those are the guys. And and now, you know, you're one of those guys that really enjoys helping out other officials. And that's something that does not go unnoticed. I know by a lot of officials and and that's great. Um, You know, one of the things that was really, I think reinforced, especially when I came down to, um, to officiate in that conference. Um, and it's enforced in every league, I think, but it's really nice to hear what some of the people have to say uh, in that area, but the pregame. And, and so talk a little bit um, from your perspective, Don, about what are some of the things that officials need to cover in their pregame? Um, well, Mark, I think, I think a lot of the pregame, you know, there are things that, there are things that you should always talk about, you know, um, coverage areas. You, you know, if, if you're working, you know, a guy like you, you're working with, uh, Joe Allen, um, quite a bit. And so you guys might be able to shortchange your, your pregame a little bit because you work so many games together mm-hmm. that you kind of know what you're going to cover, what he's going to cover. And, and, you know, you've done it enough, you've officiated enough together that it makes life uh, a little easier. But, uh, you know, coverage areas, um, responsibilities, yielding to officials uh, whose who's 
primary focus area it is if there's a double whistle, which, and again, limiting double whistles because, you know, people people have a tendency to think that, you know, boy, how they can miss? There's six eyes on that play. People don't understand that there should really only be two eyes on that play, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, so, you know, I like to I like to go over let's, let's officiate hard in our primary, know our primary, officiate hard in our primary, and try to avoid double whistles as much as we can. Um, you know, another a- area that I I like to cover is physicality of play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's hard to allow two teams to be physical for you know the first half and then try to reel the game back in the second half when it gets kind of chippy, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think, you know, addressing that, that physicality of play early and often and being consistent, um, getting together to discuss any issues that may come up during the game, um, you know, and, and then there are the, like the special situations of, you know, is there a rivalry? Is it, um, uh, is there some issue that that could cause this game to be different than most every game we officiate? You know what I mean? It's it's uh, if there's anything like that, like a rivalry game, and I, you know, I'll bring up uh, Minster New Bremen, St. Henry Fort and Cuffery. Um, those those tend to be basketball rivalry games, and uh, you know things that happen in those games are you know the the energy's turned up a little bit, you know, the emotions turned up a little bit. So you might get a little bit of something that you didn't expect to happen that might happen. So be prepared for that. Get together, talk about it. Um, preventive officiating, know, you know, know what's going on and what the potential is for that to get, to escalate or get worse. So, I mean, that's probably, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's the the things that we should cover in three games almost every time. I was talking with Matt Kearns the other day. Matt is, of course, the owner of our major sponsor, PQ2 LLC. And he was reminding me that, and this goes for every official, the importance of all of us to continue recruiting officials while at the same time maybe refinding ourselves and understanding why we got into officiating We know part of the reason we officiate is to help that particular official or to be an example for that student-athlete and, of course, to continue to build great relationships. That's kind of the theme you'll find with Matt's company, PQ2. It's been around for a while now, and it's always good to be that business which helps a particular client that recruits new players and also helps with clients' particular needs. Learn more about PQ2 and see how they can help you by going to pq-2.com or calling Matt at 330-888-9448. You can become an official podcast supporter of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Freilich by visiting anchor.fm backslash mark-freilich backslash support. Find the support link on the show description of this episode or on the description of the podcast on the home section of the podcast. Thank you very much.
And as we enter our first quarter, we're here with Don Kemper, the assigner uh, and basketball official as well. So, Don, why did you get into basketball officiating, assigning, and I guess overall assigning for the MAC? Well, um, Mark, I, I uh, officiated in 2013. I uh, tore a meniscus in my knee and had to have surgery on that. So after that was done, I was rehabbing and uh, found out that I had a cartilage problem in my hip, uh, very little cartridge and a little bit of impingement. And the doctor said, you know, we could replace your hip right now. You could probably get by a couple years if you quit, you know, quit running, quit officiating and that kind of thing. So um, I decided, I made the decision in 2013 to quit officiating. Mm -hmm. And uh, shortly after that, um, like uh, in almost immediately after that, um, the Mac was looking for a, a new commissioner and uh, so I thought, you know, if I can't, if I can't officiate, maybe I can get in and, and, uh, you know, help others and, and, uh, assign games and that kind of thing. So I applied for the job and, and, uh, you know, they, uh, they hired me as their commissioner. So, uh, that's how I got my, my kind of entry into assigning. Um, and I, I kind of always been interested in helping officials improve. Mm-hmm. And I thought that maybe um, assigning might be a way to continue that without being out on the floor with people. So, um, you know, one of the things I'd say that I didn't expect is, you know, since that time, the the official shortage yeah. and the impact that's had on assigning has been just unbelievable. Yeah, it, I'm sure you're absolutely. Well. Yeah, and and that leads on to the next question: is comparing assigning today from when you started? I mean, it, it, there there is a huge difference because, you know, we could kind of see. I think at that time there was starting to be a downtrend, but not the way it has been in the last couple of years. Correct. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I you know, I've lost uh, just going into you know we're but. About a month and a half away from the uh, basketball season, and I just had three officials contact me last week that um, are getting out of officiating. Wow! That had had varsity games in the league, and uh, you know it's it's uh, you know they they had good reasons. Um, I respect that, um, but you know it's it's tough to see um, three uh, out of the three. Two of them were were guys that I would say were my R1s. You know, mm-hmm. I could I could put them on any game, any time, and mm-hmm. didn't have to worry about anything happening. So, yeah. you know, it, that that's what hurts. Sure. Um, you know, some of the problem is there aren't enough R1s anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we've got to turn some of these R2s and, or excuse me, some, some of these U's, U2s and, U1s and R's, yep. and uh, that's something that's got to have going to have to happen. Yeah, yeah. And and what are some of the things you know? And as an assigner, what are some of the things that um, you learned about other basketball officials specifically that maybe you didn't know before assigning? Um, you know, the thing that I I've always kind of known, um, 
there are a lot of good people in officiating. Um, a lot of people were always trying to do their best. And, you know, for the most part, they're willing to help out when they can. Um, and they're, you know, Mark, I don't know how you feel about this, but, you know, I had the opportunity to do a couple state championship games or uh, state tournament games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I, I kind of learned the first time I went down to Columbus was, you know, there are a lot of people that are capable of doing these games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, and, and once you start assigning people and start observing some of the games that people are working, uh, one of the things I'd say is I realize there are a lot more officials that are capable of, of officiating a state level game than I thought before going into a signing. Mm. So I think, I think that's, um, that's something that's, that's, uh, it was, you know, it was something I didn't expect to see, but I saw it. Um, and then, you know, some of the, if, if you're looking at some of the bad, um, realize there are a small number of officials that absolutely will use any excuse to get out of assignment. And I don't understand it. Um, it's, it's like, um, you know, I've had officials like beg to get a game in the back and then they get a game and they find, you know, uh, my, my wife's, it's my wife and I's anniversary. Mm-hmm. Why did you take the game in the first place? Right. Cause that, that anniversary shouldn't change that date. Like you should, you should know that date maybe. And if you and your wife do something special on that date, it should be blocked. You know, as we assign, we want to, you know, we, you talk about utilizing and having more R's on the crew or, or more R's available to pick from. Um, one way to do that maybe uh, is your thought process as you assign mixing in some of the veterans with the rookies in some of the games. Oh yeah, um, no doubt about it. That's that's something that uh, I think. I mean, in my, I love to to put two veteran officials working with a younger official on a on a competitive game, yep. um, because you know you, you've been through it, and and I know I have. Um, there's kind of a there's when you have two officials, two veteran officials, there's kind of a safety net, and um, you know the two veteran officials aren't going to let that, that younger official, that rookie official, if you will, um, fail. Right. Um, you know, I, I can remember, um, Ben Kramer when he was a lot, um, less well-known and a lot less successful. Um, we, we took him up to, uh, um, defiance one night and, um, uh, I can't think of coach, uh, the coach at Defiance can't think of his name right now. Kirk, but, Kirk uh, Lehman, probably. Yeah, yeah. Kirk Lehman. Yeah. Um, right. Yep. Um, yep. So we were up there officiating, and and uh, Benny Benny made a call, and it probably wasn't, um, you know, probably wasn't a call that is kind of well accepted <laughs> in the WBL. Uh, if, and uh, you know, Kirk Kirk can be a little fiery or could have, could be a little fiery at sure. that time. Yep. And, uh, he was, he was kind of yelling at Ben and I said, 
I said, hey, Kurt, you know, take it easy. You're not making him any better by yelling at him. You know, he is learning, and the best way he can learn is I'll talk to him about that call in the locker room. But having you yell at him from across the floor isn't making him any better. And uh, Kirk goes, you know why you're right. Thanks, Don. <laughs> and, and you know, but that's typical. You know, my experience with Kirk Lehman was he would do those things. Um, he would listen to you when you talked, you know. Um, and, I, and I think that's what made him, I mean, I didn't necessarily have favorite coaches, but, you know, that – that's what made um, my relationship with Coach Lehman a little bit. Uh, I, he was the first guy to send me an email when I got out of officiating. Wow! And that's the kind of guy he was. He's just, uh, you know, just a class act. And yeah. and I thought the world of him still do today. But you know, Ben Ben wasn't going to get any better with Kirk yelling at him because what it was probably going to do is is. Uh, make him less likely to make the next call. Right. So, you know, and, and I knew that. So, you know, bringing that up with Kirk and Kirk agreed and, you know, it, it, uh, it kept us from getting to that point. So that's what I'm talking about when there's a, you know, if, if he misses a call, I can get a little bit late. And, and if it's something that needs to be called, you know, those kind of things are, are things that, uh, you know, veteran officials, can help that young guy through that learning process and then, you know, talk to him after the game and, and explain, this is why I did it. You know, this is why I did this or, you know, whatever, explain the situations. And that's probably been a joy for you as an assigner uh, to be able to see the growth in some of these young officials. Oh yeah. It's, um, you know, um, there's nothing better than, you know, uh, you know, I'll use Ben Kramer for an example. Um, you know, Ben did JV games for me when he first started. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used to take him back then. You would bring your JV official. Yeah. And uh, Ben would do all my JV games. And, uh, you know, it's, it's neat. You know, Ben's had a lot of success and rightfully so. And, uh, but it's, it's been, you know, people would say, gee, he's, he's kind of doing things that you didn't do. And, uh, I said, well, that's great. That's why it's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you, you, hopefully you teach somebody and they take it to the next level and then they get back. And, um, I mean, in my opinion, that's what it's all about. Yep. That, that's the mark of a very good mentor. Rule one, section a article three in the project management rule book says trust in your business partner gives you the best chance to launch your new plastics project application. Make PQ2 LLC part of your crew on your next thermoplastic resin application. Call 330-888-9448 and ask for our in-house basketball official and owner, Matt Kearns. And as we enter into our second quarter, um, talk a little bit about how officials handle certain situations uh, for this, Don. And so when officials have to get off of a game, um, what procedures should they use that can be helpful? Well, you know, I, Mark, I like to have, um, 
I, I like to first have them contact me as soon as they can. And then um, I also tell people, if you can, you know, if, if you can give me somebody who's open or a recommendation, great. It doesn't mean I'm going to use them because I don't know what game, you know, for example, I might've had a veteran official on a, on a high level game and, you know, they can't officiate that game. And, and I get a guy that's, uh, you know, he was the, the R1. He was the referee on that game. And, and uh, you know, they come up with somebody that's, uh, he's maybe uh, you uh, and uh, you too at that. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to give that person that game. But what it may allow me to do is switch people around if I look at my schedule and take somebody off another game and, and kind of move things so I have the quality official I need where that official left. So, you know, I, I do like people to uh, give me recommendations. I don't always use them, but it's always, you know, it's good to know. And, it, you know, it's, it's uh, one of the things I might do is if somebody gives me a recommendation, and I know that person is officiating a lower level game or a, a varsity game in the area. I might go watch them just to see what they're capable of. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. And that's boy, as an assigner, that's a good thing that you can do that as well. And that's, um, gives you some hands-on experience, just being able to get to the game and watch how they handle certain situations. Um, right now we're in the midst of some of us, I, I know as assigners anyways, we're in the midst of assigning, uh, games for the upcoming seasons um, when officials decline one of these assignments um, are you looking for the reason why they can't do the game are you looking for um, <laughs> well I'll give you an example um, I sent out a, a game to somebody and the uh, they declined the game and the reason was it was this I might be busy that day um, so what kind of things do you look at when they say that, the, uh, when they decline their assignment? Well, Mark, um, you know, I, I don't want this to sound harsh, but yeah. I, I really don't care what reason they have, mm-hmm. you know, you, people can write anything down. I mean, they can tell the truth or they can, they can, you know, fabricate something and, and it, you know, I don't know which is which most times, you know, I'm not smart enough. <laughs> and, um, I, at the point where they decline the game, you know, I have to get that spot filled and I'm not really worried about why maybe, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, one of the things I'll tell you is at, on Arbiter, there's a decline game report. Yep. And, um, you know, I won't say that, that you decline a game and you're not going to get games. But I'm going to say if, if I've sent you 10 games and you've declined five of them, you're probably not going to get a bunch of games, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be because I can't waste my time. Arbiter was set up, so I don't have to email you, call you, text you. I, it says you're open. Here's a game. And if, if, you know, if you decline it, that means you didn't keep your schedule up. You didn't block your schedule correctly. So, you know, that, that would affect in, in my world, 
that's going to affect future assignments. Uh, uh, you know, now if you're the only guy that's available, you know, I don't have a lot of choices, but you know, if, if there are multiple people available on a night and you're one of them, I may jump right past you because you've declined half the games I've sent you already. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm trying to get a job done. I don't have time for people that can't keep their schedule up. Right. So, yeah, that's true. So now I'm going to go back into, uh, ask you to go back into your memory banks a little bit here and talk about maybe any interesting stories as an assigner that you've received from officials after the games, like maybe a, a special phone call for an ejection or a technical or fan inter interaction that they might have had. Anything that you can recall that was kind of interesting over the years? Um, you know, I don't, I don't get a lot of those kind of calls. Yeah. Although I do, I do ask for officials to contact me immediately after a game if there's a technical foul, an ejection, trouble with the scores, table, timer, or whatever. Um, but uh, I'll tell them I want to be the. I want to be the first to know mm -hmm. other than the people at the game. And I want to be able, able to ask questions. So if somebody contacts me, um, I know about the situation circumstances. Um, I guess I'm pretty fortunate that I don't get a lot of these calls. Um, you know, I, I know I've had a couple calls. Um, you're, you're probably familiar with a coach that had a, uh, a tendency to, to be, um, a little demonstrative uh, towards officials. And, uh, you know, I think I had a couple calls about um, ejections on him, which really didn't come as any surprise um, uh, on most nights. But, uh, um, you know, he's no longer uh, coaching in our conference. So, so the calls have slowed down. Yeah, and that's one thing. Um, <laughs> that's one thing I will never forget uh, about you is how you went to bat for – how you went to bat for us. And um, that's something that uh, a lot of assigners, I think, can – that would be a good lesson for a lot of assigners. And, and, and I don't know if you want to talk about the situation at all, but um, you, how you went to bat for us that, that time really uh, was very, very appreciative, and it showed that you cared about your officials. I remember, the, I remember that situation. Uh, so I had a coach send me a, a video clip of one call that he got a technical on, I believe uh, if that's, if I'm telling the correct story. Yep. Um, he sent me a video clip of just one call and um, basically, you know, said, here's what happened. And all I did was complain about this and, and I got a technical foul. And uh, so I watched, I actually, uh, one of the things that I do, I don't, I don't get too many complaints from coaches, but one of the things I told uh, the coach was, coach, you send me the entire game film. I want the entire video because trying to, trying to pick one play that somebody got wrong out of a hundred calls that were made in that game is sometimes pretty easy to do. What I want to see is how they did the entire game. Nobody's perfect. How did the entire game go? Yep. Don't focus on one call. And um, so he came back and said, well, did you view the clip? And I said, no, I viewed the clip. And I said, I, I, you know, here's what I'll tell you about it. 
I think they made the right call. And I know for certain that the call was was not so black and white that you should have allowed yourself to be put in a position to get a technical foul. And, um, you know, uh, I've, I've, it's not only basketball. I've done that. Um, I had a, uh, uh, <laughs> several years ago, I had a, a local, one of our ADs email an official and tell him that he would never work in the Mac again. Wow. Um, and, um, I, I, he copied me on it <laughs> and, um, the guy was a, the guy was a long time, like their entire crew had done state final games. And, uh, so he copied me and the entire officiating crew on this email. And I replied back and I said, look, Mr. Whoever, um, and I was talking to the official. I said, look, you don't have to worry about your schedule in the Mac. The only way you have to worry about your schedule in the Mac is if I am fired because as long as I'm the commissioner of the conference, your, your week eight date is good mm -hmm. and you will have whoever I assign you to. And if, um, I'd said the AD game. If he doesn't like that, he knows how to, how to get rid of him. <laughs> and I sent it, I replied to all. So the AD got it, the principal got it, and all the officials got it. <laughs> and um, I, don't, I don't pretend that's the way I am. I don't, uh, you know, if, if you don't, I get hired to do a job, and I don't expect, someone else to try to try to put um you know try to tell me how to do it mm -hmm. or tell me what what i'm gonna do because if i've always told them if you want to do that then you don't need me so so you kind of put put a little bit of perspective into their into their world on on what kind of things assigners have to do and that's a good thing and i know officials appreciate uh how you go to bat for them so uh, that's a lesson both for uh, officials, I think, to know a little bit about your assigner and uh, whether they will go to bat for you or not. And it's also a lesson for any assigners listening as well. So uh, a couple of great things, I think, that uh, we just heard from Don. We're going to take a break and, and uh, for halftime right now. So go and get yourself uh, whatever you need to get, popcorn or pop or beer, whatever you decide. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and, and finish up the second half exponential results longtime ohio high school basketball official matt kearns is owner of pq2 an engineering thermal plastics for virtually any engineered application is their expertise they will help you source the right material for every application including ul listed fda and nsf approved resins Matt and his team are proud of their best-in-class domestic and international supply relationships. When you need specialty resins, they deliver branded, prime, certified materials from the producer. The industry has changed over the years, but one thing has not, and that's PQ2's attention to detail, the quality of their products, and the care for those who use their products. Become better acquainted with PQ2 
after browsing through their website at pq-2.com and then let them know how they can provide a tailored solution for you. Well, welcome back into our third quarter. And uh, Don, a lot of improvement uh, can happen from officials after they receive advice. So talk a little bit, if you would, about young officials and their need to receive that constructive criticism. Yeah, Mark, uh, you know, if uh, one of the things I, I like to say is officials, young officials, have to be able to take constructive criticism. You know, um, the, the problem is, and you, you know, you're aware of this and, and, uh, you know, there are probably times I was guilty of it as well, but, uh, you know, there are some officials that, you know, some veteran officials that have good things to tell people, good things to tell young officials to help them improve. And maybe they're not the best at like messaging. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, so, you know, I always tell young officials if, and, you know, we talked earlier about putting young officials with veterans and I'll tell somebody in advance, you know, look, here's what's going on. You're, you're going to officiate with two of these guys, you know, and they've been around and done things that, you know, at this point in your career, you haven't done. So, you know, this is for your benefit. Um, and I always tell them you have to listen to the message and not worry about how the message is delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, because, <laughs> you know, I, I worked with, with, uh, Tom, Tom, uh, reaping off and Todd and Sawson for a lot of years. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, if you couldn't take, if you couldn't take, uh, constructive criticism and I don't even know, that's a different level of constructive criticism, I think, um, <laughs> But uh, if if you can't couldn't take you know I became a better official yeah. by listening to them right and you have to be able to do that and hear the message and not worry about you know oh you know he hurt my feelings or whatever um, there are some we have some I mean and you're aware of it you're one of them um, but we have some very good veteran officials around here in our area and up up in your area that are very willing to help young officials. And um, like I said, they may not use the best delivery method, but if they take what the official says and apply, try to apply that in future games, I I feel like it'll make them a better official. Um, You know, you know, as well as I do, there are some things that you're told or somebody tells you that, that uh, you go, wow, I don't, I don't know. That's countered everything that I've been told so far, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I always tell guys, look, if, if there's something that, that you is counter to what you've been told by the majority of people, think about who it's coming from and think about, does this guy have a a different perspective that I need to include? Or do I want to say, Thank you for your advice, and then walk out. You know, I tell I tell guys this all the time that officiate the Mac. Look, I'll, I'm going to tell you what I think, and you can shake your head, nod your head, and say yes, sir, or whatever, and walk out the door and say, "Well, that guy's an idiot." You know, I don't care. You know, take take the good and put it in your game, 
and take the bat and forget it. So, um, you know, and, and you put something in your game. If it works, great. If it doesn't, take it out quick. Yeah, and, you know, I think not only young officials, but veteran officials can also learn things as well. So let's talk a little bit about veteran officials. Um, there's a lot of veteran officials who still want advice. They still want to improve their game. Uh, do you think there's ever a feeling that veteran officials from veteran officials, like they feel like they can no longer change or improve their game? Or do you think that there's a, a yearning for some of the veteran officials to really get better? I, I think if, if you're a good official, um, you know, I, I kind of joke about this a lot. Um, I think if you're a good official and you think you've learned everything there is to learn, mm -hmm. um, I will say, hey, send me that video of your perfect game <laughs> because I want to see it. I've never seen one. I've never been part of one. But if you can't learn something today, I don't care, you know, um, I've, I've, you know, I've officiated for, for 26 years and I'll probably do five, six, seven, eight games this year, varsity mm -hmm. games. Um, and I, I'll still, you know, talk to people and try to try to pick something that, that can make me a better official, whether it's, you know, you know, as I get older, and am not so mobile, maybe. Yep. Uh, no, that's true, you know, though. It is. It's very you know, true. Yeah. Is there something that I can do to cheat that? You know, um, whether it's getting to position quicker, um, um, you know, just whatever it may be. But, but you know, Mark, I've never, I've never walked off a floor and said, "Boy, I didn't miss a thing." And, you know, that's why, you know, good officials, veteran or even inexperienced officials, if you're not asking for video for your game, and I know you do this all the time. I do. Yeah. But if you're not asking for videos of, of your game to try to pick something out that, boy, when I, when that happens, I'm, I'm, I could be in a better position. Yep. You know, those are little things that, if you're constantly working to improve yourself, you can apply those. And if, like I said, you, you're going to get better. And the point where you feel you've not, you can't get any better. Then, like I said, send me your video. I want to see it. Yeah. And that's one of the things I learned really. I learned from um, Ryan Damon, who's an official up in Northwest Ohio. He, he does uh, college basketball as well. And one of the things I learned from him is when you look at film um, he kind of made me look at it in a different way. He, he said, focus a lot more on your positioning rather than whether, yep. you know, whether or not you got the call, right. You know, look at where you're at. And really that that's made a ton of difference. Yeah. I, you know, I tell officials this all the time. If you're not, you know, if you're not trying to improve your angle on what's happening, um, because that's what this game is about. When he, when you're trying to officiate a game, the game becomes infinitely more easy if you can get in position to see what you're supposed to see, right? I mean, you don't miss things if you're in position to see what's going to happen or what, what you think is going to happen. And it's a case where I'll, I'll, I'll say this all the time. You don't want to 
anticipate calls. What you want to do is anticipate plays. Yep. And and if you anticipate those plays and put yourself in the right position to call that play, you're going to get a heck of a lot more of them right than you get wrong. This is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. So as we enter into the final quarter of the podcast, before we get into the post game of the five quick decisions, just three questions in the fourth quarter. Um, in officiating, Don, if you can go back and recall in your 26 years, what's maybe some of the scariest or weirdest things that might have happened to you on the court and possibly maybe maybe it happened off the court with whether it be a fan, coach, or maybe even a player? Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I have one. I, I officiated college basketball for, for about 10 years, mm-hmm. and I was at Canton, um, D3 school, and in uh, Ohio, yep. and um, there was it was a holiday tournament that they they hosted, and so they had this out of town team, and you know D three game, and this fan was being obnoxious every time I'd report a foul, you know he used foul language and and uh, you know so you know tried to be discreet so. During a timeout, I asked the uh, male campus security officer to remove him from the game. I said, oh, don't make a big scene. Just go up and, and uh, tell him that, you know, you've, you've been asked to uh, escort him out of the gym. So I'm standing there, and I watch this guy, you know, climb up the steps, and he gets to the guy, and he turns, and, and uh, you know, tells him he's got to leave. He's got to leave, and the, the fan says, I'm not going anywhere, and he sets down. <laughs> um, so, so uh, the officer came down out of the stands, and he he comes over. There's a female security officer that uh, is standing on the opposite wall. He goes down and and uh, talks to this female security officer, and she goes up in the stands and she leans over, says something to the guy, and I mean, he got up. He didn't waste one second. He got up and walked out. <laughs> and uh, it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. I, I, to this day, I wanted to ask her what she said to that guy. Like, you know, have, have you ever been, you know, physically removed from anything, anywhere by a female? That's about what's going to happen. I don't know what she said, but it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, you know, and, and you know, I, off the court after the game, um, I've had a couple, uh, none that actually I was involved in at, at the varsity level, but I was at varsity games as a JV official observing 
And um, so I did the JV game and then watched the varsity game. And two times had to be escorted to the city limits by the, by the um, town cops. So, wow. You know, it's that, that kind of stuff. It doesn't happen very often. Right. And, you know, two times in 26 years. Um, and, and both of them were, you know, uh, probably in the 17, 18 years ago, maybe. So, you know, nothing, nothing too, uh, too significant. I guess I've been fortunate in that area. Yeah. And as far as your professional life and personal life, how would you say basketball officiating has helped you? Oh, you know, I, I, you know, Mark, I think, I think we've talked about this in the past and, and, uh, you know, I think officiating has been very beneficial to both my, uh, professional and my personal life. You know, I'm, I'm in both areas. I'm much more open to input advice and, uh, I try to try to improve every day of my life and all aspects of my life to be better, you know, to be a better Don Kemper tomorrow than I am today. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I think, I think officiating has played a large part in that because, you know, it's, it's easy to set back sometimes and realize that you've kind of done okay. And, and, you know, much like we talked about earlier, you know, there's nothing I can do to get any better, but, you know, applying that in, in officiating has allowed me to apply that in my professional life and my personal life. And, um, I, I literally, I don't, you know, outside of, of sports, I've been, you know, fairly successful and I don't, I always feel like I, I owe that all to officiating or a large percentage of it to officiating. Um, so, you know, in officiating, I had mentors in my personal life. I have mentors, um, uh, even in my faith life, um, I have mentors. So I, I talk to people, I take advice. I listen to what a lot of very successful people, um, what kind of advice they can give me. I'm a much better decision maker. I think, um, in, in officiating, you have to be pretty quick with your decisions, mm-hmm. but you also have to take time and, and think about, it sounds like an oxymoron. You have to be quicker with your decisions, but you have to have to process the information quickly. Right. right? Yep. Um, before you make a decision. And I think, I think that carries over. I mean, my, my personal and professional life have benefited immensely from officiating. And I wish, you know, young people out there that are thinking about getting into officiating. If, if, uh, if you do it the right way, it won't only make you a good official, but it'll improve every aspect of your life from your personal and family life to your professional life, to your faith life. And I'm a big proponent of improvement in all areas. Amen. Yep. I totally agree with that. And, uh, you know, you, you touched a little bit on it with family life and you talked about what we talked in the beginning about, uh, you and your wife. And so talk a little bit, you know, everybody knows that officiating and family life can sometime, uh, sometimes have that um, kind of like butting heads. But talk about 
how family life and how have you been able to balance officiating with um, with your home life? Oh, Mark, as you're aware, it's it's difficult sometimes to balance, you know, to balance your your uh, your family life and your officiating life, and and too many times it gets out of out of whack, mm-hmm. and it's usually not good either way. Right. If you know, yeah, if you know what I mean. That's but, very true, though. You know, I I like to use the story of how my college officiating career ended as an example of that balance that you have to find, mm-hmm. you know, too many times officials get caught up and we have to assign the best game, you know, work at the highest level of the tournament, whatever it may be. And, um, so one Saturday morning, I'm walking out the door on my way to Wabash college in Crawfordville, Indiana for, a, for an NCAA division three college basketball game. Um, and so it was, a it was a, a fairly big game. And my daughter, Kristen, uh, I have one daughter. Um, and Kristen was a seventh grader, I think at the time. And she says, uh, Hey dad, where are you going? And I said, Hey Kristen, I, uh, I have a college basketball game today and you know, over in Crawfordville. So I'm leaving a little bit early. And she said, you're not going to so I'm playing in the max seventh grade championship game today. Oh man. A seventh grade basketball championship today. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, she said, aren't you going? And I said, you know, I, I thought, you know, this is an opportunity to, to explain commitment. And, you know, I made a commitment and I can't, you know, I didn't know that you were going to play in that game. And, you know, so yeah, I, I started down that path and, and, uh, Kristen sniffled a few times and, and holding back tears and, you know, it just, it just broke my heart, Mark. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's a three hour drive to Crawfordville, Indiana. And I thought about this the entire time over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when I got to the game, I, it all went away, right? I, it, you know, I, I'm sure that you're, you're similar in the fact that, you know, you can have a lot of things on your mind. Once that game starts, that game's the most important thing going on. Right. Right. Yep. So I absolutely forgot about it during the game and um, took a shower and I jumped in the car heading home. And uh, I knew I didn't do the right thing for my family. You know, I knew, you know, I always called Kristen my favorite daughter, I still do to this day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it was cool when, when she didn't know that being my favorite daughter was because she was my only daughter, but you know, now she understands. <laughs> now <me>. she knows. <laughs> uh, she's, she's 27 now. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I still call her my favorite daughter. So, so anyway, uh, you know, on the drive home, I called uh, Tom to the signer for those games. And, um, I said, Tom, I'm retiring. And, uh, Tom asked why. And, and, I explained it to him and, you know, initially he tried to talk me out of it. He goes, you know, you're, you're, you're doing great things and, and you're one of my better, better officials. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to keep you on staff. And I told him the story and I said, Tom, you know, as important as basketball is to me, my family is more important to me than any basketball game at any time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I need to show them that. And so, 
you know, I, I retired from college basketball that, that day. And, uh, you know, I haven't made a lot of great decisions in my life, but I think that was probably one of the better decisions I've made in my life. And, you know, probably some, some college coaches and college fans probably agree with what it, with that being the best decision in my life. Yeah, that's a great example. Not only, um, not only to showcase your character, but that's a great example for all officials to hear, um, being able to put your family first. And that's, uh, that's a man that's living it right there. And uh, that's, that's fantastic. A tribute to you, Don. Fantastic. As you've heard in this podcast many times, many officials say that the relationships within the community of basketball officials is a huge reason why they take um, the floor each and every game year after year. PQ2 LLC, they bring that same passion that you have in the locker room to every client relationship they've built over the years. PQ2 is proud to be the thermoplastics resins company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. And the post game is now here, and we've just got another segment after this. But the post game, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, feedback after the game. And, you know, the game is finished, Don, and you're at home and you're in your cozy recliner. And um, the athletic director or head coach calls about the officiating. <laughs> you talked a little bit about it that you really haven't had to deal with it that much. But how, as an assigner, how would you handle that? Well, you know, and, and I'll, I'll go back, Mark, and I'll say, you know, I almost never get it. Uh, complaints. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one of the, one of the things that I'm fortunate, um, with what I do. I think, I think you earn a level of, of, um, respect from this. Like I go out and watch a ton of games in a year and coaches see me there. They see me talking to officials. They, they, uh, you know, they know I don't, I don't, you know, phone it in. So I think they give me a little bit more leeway when it comes to, you know, maybe somebody didn't call something right, but, you know, he's going <laughs> to, I think sometimes they think he's going to tell them or he's going to see the, the video and he's going to tell them without me having to tell them. Sure. So yep. I don't know if that's the case, but, but it happens. Yeah. And um, I, th I think you built up that reputation also over there. And, and as, as that type of an official with the respect that you have, they know you're going to take care of it. And that that's important for them to know as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that I mentioned it earlier, one of the things I, if I would get a complaint, I asked for a video of the complete game. I don't want clips. I don't, you know, you take a look at a couple of judgment calls and you can't, you know, it's kind of like taking words out of context. Mm -hmm. um, you can take a couple of clips and make something look a lot worse than it actually was. Right. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the clips aren't definitive either. Although somebody that wants them to go one way or the other can say that's what happened. Right. Yep. Um, and and I will say that the calls and questions need to be reviewed in the context of the entirety of the game. And again, not just individual calls because the game is a, is somewhat of a puzzle and you can't take a piece out of it and put it off to the side and say, well, look at that. You know, it, it has to, 
it has to all be put together to understand the context in in which that play happened that they may have not have liked. So I, I'm not big on individual clips um, and coaches, coaches very seldom, you know, um, I think last year I got one clip and it was a coach that was away, um, a non-conference game away. Mm-hmm. And um, he felt like um, he wasn't treated fairly by the officials. And he just asked my, you know, he sent me 10 clips and asked for my input. And, uh, you know, I was honest with him. And, I, you know, I said, look, I, I agree Again, I'm looking at 10 clips out of the entirety. So don't get me, don't, you know, don't get it wrong. I'm, I'm not, uh, I normally don't like to look at 10 clips, but I'll say you were wrong on, on these three clips. In my opinion, Uh, these are marginal at best and maybe, so, you know, in the, in the scheme of things, maybe you had two plays out of those 10 that yeah they weren't called correctly but it wasn't 10 right yeah so that's that's kind of where i am so since this is our post game section don you know that some of the best parts of the game obviously is what happens after the game and down in your area of mercer county in ohio they have some of the best small town pubs that you can go to. <laughs> they really do. But talk talk a little bit about that brother and sisterhood of basketball officiating. Well, you know, um, I, as you're aware, um, I I enjoy getting together with officials after the game, and yeah. especially when guys travel down like you and Joe and and uh, your partners when they come down. I don't I don't always do it, but I like to try to to get you guys, you know, somewhere where we can have a couple um, adult beverages and, and <laughs> talk about, you know, uh, you know, there's a there are a lot of people that officiate in the conference that I officiated with uh, before I retired from officiating. And, um, you know, I like to hear what they're doing, what, you know, what's going on in their lives. Uh, and, you know, kind of, you know, rehash some old stories and, and uh, like I said, have a couple of beers and um, it's always, it's always good. I, you know, I, I, uh, I go, over, I go to a lot of games over the course of the season and, and uh, probably the one thing I have trouble with is, is, uh, you know, trying to decide when I'm going to, you know, stop with a crew and have a beer and when, and you know when it's time to get straight home, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. But uh, a lot of great memories traveling to and from games with my partners, and and um, you know I've gotten I've developed a lot of li- lifelong uh, friendships that have uh, come from officiating, and it's all about that uh, you know those times sitting around, and sometimes you don't even have to have a beer. You know, you can sit around and have an iced tea or a coke or whatever. And, uh, you know, you know how it is, you yep. know, guys making fun of, you know, something that happened in your game or, or something that, uh, you know, they heard from someone else that happened in one of your games. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's fun. And, and, uh, I enjoy every bit of it. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, 
It can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. Never ride home wondering if you made the right call. All right, final segment, five quick decisions. You ready for this, Don? I am. All right, five quick decisions. The best food you've had at a basketball facility. Okay, this one's easy. Okay. Finley High School. (laughs) uh, Went up there with Dr. Morris. (laughs) The ribs. Um, And and you know Dr. Morris. They treat Dr. Morris like king out there. (laughs) And uh, so we officiated a game, and after the uh, game, we were given a box dinner from Outback Steakhouse. Oh, yeah. By far the best post-game meal that I've ever been given. (laughs) Yeah, they do. They do. It's pretty awesome. Straight from Finley High School. Right on. Did you get the ribs? No. um, um, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was ribs. It was ribs. Yeah. Yep. And then they bring in pizza, too, which is always really nice. So that's, yeah, a great place. I agree. The thing about Outback is, you know, they they could have brought anything, and it was good. (laughs) That's true. That's very true. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Maybe they need to sponsor this segment of the podcast anyways okay uh follow- <laughs> yeah do that uh follow up on that what's the best place that you've gone to after a game and why so uh i shed a tear when i heard the red pig in, in ottawa was closing down um by far the best place i've ever gone after a game um Tremendous ribs. I'm sure you've eaten there. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, tremendous ribs. Um, you know, you you run run around on a basketball court and uh, maybe lose 500 calories, and you make up for it by eating about 1,200 <laughs> at the Red Pig Inn. So. If there's one rule that you could change in high school basketball, what would it be? Okay, so um, I would. I would, you know, this doesn't happen very often, but to me, this is something that intuitively I think needs to change. Um, if you attempt to block a try for goal and you slap the backboard and the backboard rebounds during that shot, uh-huh. it should be basket interference. Yeah. Because I feel that that can affect whether the, the try is good or not. And, um, you know, right now it's not, but I've seen cases where that ball clearly would have went in had that backboard not rebounded. Yeah. All right. That's a, that's a good one. That's the, that's something different than what we've heard before. So that's good. That's good. As an assigner, well, that's probably huh? what that's, that could be good or it could be bad, right? <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> As an assigner, Don, what is the weirdest or funniest excuse that you've heard from an official for either getting out of a game or for declining a game? Um, you know, it, it always amazes me that, you know, the officials, as I mentioned earlier, contact me to uh, 
kid out of them do a do to a family birthday or an anniversary because I always tell them, look, that day doesn't change. Lock it in arbiter, and you know they never call weeks ahead of time. It's always a couple of days prior to the game. That's true, and it, it always makes me wonder, like, you know, if I really cared about it, I would probably write the date down and then look for them next year to see if they blocked it. <laughs> but that's too much effort. I'm not. I'm not really into that, but uh, you know the other. The I would say one B would be the officials that ask to be removed from a game because their favorite team, whether it's professional or college, is playing. Oh yeah, that day or evening. Yeah, I forgot um, about you know, that and, one. And to be honest with you, that that also goes with the schools. Uh, you know, if you had told me 20 years ago that we'd cancel basketball games or move them up because Ohio State's playing a football game on a Saturday night. Right. I would have said you're crazy. Yet we do it all the time now. <laughs> so it's it's double ended. I mean it's double sided. It's both the officials doing it and the uh, schools sometimes doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. And lastly, last question, what's the funniest thing a player, coach, or fan has ever said to you? So um again, I this is this is a D three college game. Um, a coach, uh, coach Moran from, uh, John Carroll. We're down at, uh, um, Marietta and, uh, pretty tight game. Uh, really good player on, on, uh, John Carroll fouled out and or fouled a player and puts him on the line for the, the potential game running free throw. And it was that player's fifth foul. So he fouled out. And uh, so when I went to the scores table to report the foul, you know, Coach Moran says, Don, he didn't mean to foul him. He even tried to avoid contact. And I said, you know, I'm done reporting the foul. And, and Coach Moran was, when I say what he said, there were a couple expletives in that. Sure. Um, right. Because that's that's the way he was, but that's the way he was, right? Yep. Um, so... I finished reporting the foul, and I turned around. And I said, "Coach, you're you, that's that's great. I'm glad he didn't mean to foul him, because then I would have had to call an intentional foul." <laughs> and he kind of chuckled, and I chuckled, and we went on our way. And you know, the funny thing about that is, you know, a coach in that position, he he's potentially going to get beat by those free throws, and you know. He's he's likely upset that the foul was called, right? Yep. But he chuckled and I chuckled and and the kid made the free throw and the game was over and and uh, I was at the varsity club that um, later that year um, during the state tournament and um, Coach Moran came in and bought me a beer. Sat down. And we we shot the shit for. Excuse me. Probably need to wipe that out. But, uh, nope. We we, uh, we talked for quite a while, and uh, and uh, you know he even brought that up, and and uh, you know it's kind of funny that that a guy like that, you know, he's coached a ton of games, and you know, granted it was the same season, but he remembered that uh, sure that story and thought it was still thought it was funny. So, yep, it's all Just, about it's all about relationships, isn't it? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. 
Well, that's great. This has been a wonderful time, Don. Thanks for um, taking the time to be a part of the podcast. Always a pleasure to talk to you and and, uh, to see you throughout the season. Hopefully we get to do that again. But uh, most importantly, thanks for taking the time to be on the show. Appreciate it. Hey, Mark, thanks a lot. You know, um, I I think the world of of you and and, uh, what you do up there and and, uh, the podcast and, and, uh, you know, you're doing some great things for high school sports and uh, just happy that I can help in a small way. And that closes another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Freilich podcast. I hope you uh, were able to take some of Don's comments and and really uh, had the opportunity to apply uh, his officiating knowledge to your game and also his assigning knowledge to how you approach uh, assigners in the future. So I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode. Until next time, have a great day and remember to be inspired daily by reading Mark chapter 1 verse 11.